welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 40. I am Jeff, joined as always by Chris. That's me. Uh, it was kind of hard for us to take notes this month with one of our hands busy the whole time <laughs> as we <laughs> review two erotic thrillers. Uh, this is my idea. I brought the movies, uh, a genre I like, and you know they don't make a lot of anymore, but we found, or I found, two recent examples. Yeah. Um, but uh, first off, as always, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, and that's when I'm going to kick it over to you, Chris. What have you been watching? I don't remember when we recorded the last episode. I know it was it was into July. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we talked about Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. I think we recorded after that. I think. That. Yeah, I think we were like on the eve of it. We were full of hype. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that came out and, uh, it seems like it has been quickly forgotten because Barbenheimer <laughs> followed it up. Uh, I think we have differing opinions on it as well. Maybe not as different, but, uh, we both we're both slightly let down by it. You were slightly let down by, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, like slightly, but I don't think as much as you were. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll chime in uh, as you go along here, but yeah, I was pretty let down. Uh, it is it is a long film, uh, almost three hours, and kind of nothing happens. Like stuff happens, but nothing happens because it is part one of a two part story, and that's I think that hurts it a lot. Like the mission isn't over. There's a lot of shit unresolved. Um. And while I like the action in it, I like the car chases, I like the, the train sequence, um, they they take up like a large portion of the film. And so there's less time for other action. Like there it's I don't I don't maybe I don't know if I'm explaining myself well, but it's <laughs> like there's these huge set pieces that take up spots and then there's like a lot of like time in between spent explaining what's happening or giving flashbacks that, that I have major issues with. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I would say my main criticism, not enough action. I, I I have more criticisms, but I just felt like there's a couple big scenes and like they were in the trailer. So it was like, yeah. So like, 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 you, you see the car sequence, like, and that that's longer. It's clearly longer than two and a half minutes. Like it's, it is a yeah. long car chase. Um, but yeah, you, you see major parts of it in the trailer. You see major parts on the train in the trailer. And those are your two really big set pieces. Yeah. Uh, there, there is, there's an action sequence, uh, that happens in an alleyway. That's pretty cool. But also you see that in the trailer, like there's not a whole lot outside of the trailer. Yeah. Uh, the trailer is really good. It's a, yeah, it's a great trailer. Been, and it's like all, all that stuff is in the film, but like there's like five big sequences in the trailer, and those are five, those are the only five big sequences in the film. Like you expect, like they made a big deal about the uh, motorcycle jump off the cliff, which is really cool, but I've seen it. But you yeah, expect like, like oh, way what's up much. their sleeve? Like you expect like what's up their sleeve? And that was the big, that was the big that was thing. Just it. Like, there was yeah. nothing like, you know, kind of like 
in uh, Fallout, like they would show the Halo jump and stuff, which is like, oh, that's really cool. But then like the end of that movie was like, holy yeah, shit, this hel- like two helicopter thing going like. Well, I don't and, know. I thought it was and lacking. What, and what I think, and and like I don't I don't know where you feel on this. I know you don't like necessarily care about the story or the characters, but a major piece of Fallout coming off of Rogue Nation and even Ghost Protocol and Three is the relationship of the team. They're all working together, and yeah. you know, they you have this tight knit community. And by the end of this, like. Benji is like he's basically just doing comms. Luther has run off to like he's just barely in it at the end. He's not in it at the end. He just disappears. There uh, is, it's um, it was like like my my main my main thing is if you gave me the action, I'd be happy, and I don't feel like they delivered. It's like I just feel like the way action movies are now, uh, you you can't rest on your laurels at all, or someone's gonna top you. And I think this movie's been topped this year. But uh, but what you're alluding to here, like Mission Impossible movies have the secret sauce where it's like they get into an impossible situation and the team like helps each other and somehow like amazingly gets out of it. And like, I just yeah. didn't feel that here. Like there's no like that. And that's that's the problem with it being part one of two. Is that yeah, the impossible I feel like they're saving situation the best has stuff. not happened. Yeah, I feel like they're saving all the best stuff. And Man, disappointing lack of Ferguson in this. Like, yeah, uh, so she's like one of the best characters, and uh, they, yeah, they do some things with her that I hate. They, yes, they, they they sideline her for a good portion of the beginning by faking a death, and then she's sidelined again. Yeah, about halfway through, and it's like, mm, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. She was she was kind of like the emotional core to Ethan. Now that you know, his wife, his former wife, we've resolved that storyline. Like, we, yeah, they, just don't pick up on that. Oh, I just wanted to double check. We are recording, right? Yeah, 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 we are. <laughs> um, yeah, and Numero Frio, the villain. Yeah. Not good. So, the villain's AI. Are you referring to the human villain or or the AI well, villain that is terrible? Both. <laughs> yeah, I, I was they're, confused. They're I was confused, and I'm still not 100 sure. I'm like, is the AI like inhabiting this human body somehow? Like, I don't understand. I think it's just I, the yeah, guy I, that likes the AI. Yes, I don't un- like. It's the guy that is that believes the AI is going to shape the world in the way okay. that he wants it done. That that's my interpretation of it. But yeah, I think you're 100. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's like, why is this guy it's, following a computer that's giving the orders? The computer's giving the orders. Why is he listening to it? It's just, I don't think like the villains ever like the number one thing in these movies, except for maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman. But like when it's an AI, it just makes it like. Well, what is it? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like ill-defined what it can do, you know. And so, like, yeah, it's just, I just, I, I could, I can't believe. Like for me, they missed the mark with this one, and it was hard for me to process because, like, it, it was such a sure thing. It's like I drove a half hour to go see this in IMAX, which, by the way, was pointless. Um, and. Yeah, I'm just like sitting there, like just so ready for a great time, and like I, you know, I'm watching. I'm like, is this great? No, no. I think it's, I think it's 
Like I liked it. I thought it was good, but it's not. And it really is. And it could be bad. It could actually be bad if the second one is not yeah. good. Yeah. Like, this could be a bad movie. I'm like, all right, that was that was good setup, but like it needs to deliver on the next one. If it doesn't, then that this is bad. <laughs> like, I couldn't. I just can't believe that we're sitting here right now being like, the new Mission Impossible wasn't amazing. Like we were so yeah. sure at the end of last episode, we're like, yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. This is it. And um, and and this is like inconsequential. This is only somebody that has been a fan uh, of the series since. Well, like I, I like used to watch the TV like show. You were, yeah, a like a like, long time. Yeah. yeah, so like this, this is something like I've been invested in this, and like Tom Cruise took it over in '96, and it's been his series for almost what 30 years now. <laughs> um, but they make some weird choices, like to the lore of the IMF, that like contradict shit that's happened in the previous six films. Like <laughs> now, it's like a weird cult that you get like drafted into it's yeah, so fucking weird. yeah it's a they, have, they have no government oversight like the the national director of intelligence played by carrie ells in this is like i don't know what the imf is what the fuck do you mean you don't know what the imf is because two movies ago there were congressional hearings yeah like you're doing hearings on whether to shut them down and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on none of this makes any sense i think uh christopher McQuarrie and tom were maybe uh, smoking a little bit <laughs> have gone off their rocker but yeah it's it's unfortunate that we both came out a little let down uh you a little bit more than i did but I just, um, I don't see myself watching it again. Honestly, maybe before the next one to like refresh. Okay, what is going on? Yeah, and then if that one's really good. Then it's like, all right, I can watch these back to back. Like this one knocked it down such a peg for me that I will not be like making any special trips to IMAX for it or whatever. I'll just go see it. Like it, it really like knocked down the series uh, a tad for me. So so bummed me out. Let, let, let's talk about IMAX too, because like I, I, I don't have to take a 30 minute trip to go to an IMAX screen. I'm very fortunate that I have two, yeah. like within, I could throw a rock at either one. Um, but yeah, I went to go see this in IMAX and like, it's fine. It's a fun action film in IMAX. It, it looks pretty on a big screen, but I saw Oppenheimer as well. Mm-hmm. Also a film that you don't need to go see in IMAX. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, that at least was shot, and like I don't think the new Mission Impossible was even shot in IMAX. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't tell anything. Anyways, yeah. But, uh... I, I, it seems. Uh, I I love that you know Nolan loves the format. I don't. I don't. I mean, I have not seen Oppenheimer, but it doesn't seem like the type of movie that you would need that. Like I don't know. No. So like I was expecting like oh shit he's like gonna do it in IMAX we're gonna get this gigantic fucking nuclear explosion on screen uh that doesn't happen like you do get a nuclear explosion uh the cool thing about that if there is a cool thing about dropping nukes uh on film is that the sound is super impressive yeah Um, like it is it is just this thunderous noise but the actual visual of it is like it's not anything it's like oh wow that i needed to see this on a gigantic screen uh oppenheimer is a character trauma (laughs) yeah um and a very good one i loved it uh and so did my wife uh but 
yeah, I was like, I was expecting more from the format of IMAX for that film because it was like, oh my god, like he filmed it in IMAX and he films everything in IMAX. So yeah. maybe that that's just me like thinking it too much. Like, oh, yeah. he's gonna have like these great special effects, and and there were all these articles before the movie came out. Like, he's doing everything practically, mm-hmm. like, and he does like, but he shoots stuff and like he shoots fire and like mini explosions and then very close up and in in like slow frame so you get like these cool flame effects and and uh you know smoke effects and stuff but you thought you're like you thought your like cheeks and your hair would be blowing back yeah (laughs) i mean i think that you you shared like a an image that had been circulating around kind of film twitter and stuff of like the, the pre-orders for Oppenheimer and like there's like the one guy that bought the ticket front row and the iPad screen it's like what is he doing like that seems crazy and it's, it's not a big deal um yeah gr- fantastically acted uh I mean it has uh, you know Florence Pugh in it so there by you're, like, you're a big fan of her <laughs> yeah i'm just like yes anything she's in she's not in it for very long but uh what what she is in she's naked in so okay and, yeah and, and, and acting the hell out of as well um uh, killian murphy uh fantastic as always he's a, he's a great character actor um and then like you know matt damon uh robert downey jr giving like an awesome villain performance uh, and his performance is all shot in black and white. It's like really like a cool kind of juxtaposition against the the color that they show for Oppenheimer. Um, and it it is like people are like, oh, it's going to be pro war. It's not like it is very much a like we fucked up. We should not have done this thing. We should not have created this. But also with the understanding that like somebody was going to do it somebody was going yeah. to create this bomb and like if we don't continue operating and and you know the soviets the nazis if they get their hands on this first who knows what happens yeah and this That's, is uh for me aside from the film but you know i think th- there's a question of whether we had to use it uh but so oh, uh, 100% and it is it is i think it is explicitly kind of played that we did not need to use it. This was more a Germany show of was, force. Germany, Germany was, was done. Germany was defeated, and we were very close to beating Japan. Japan was defiant, and like I know the people that dropped the bomb, like the people that you know were on those planes that dropped them, and the people that you know ordered it, like justify it by saying, "Well, we saved lives by doing so." But I don't know. You know, it, it's like a you know, right. it, it's a tough. Uh, it's a tough, you know, moral dilemma. And uh, I, I, look, I am like very interested to see this movie. I just have the feeling, like, just for me personally, I think I'd rather see it at home. And so I'm, I'm I think I'm waiting, uh, so I could take my time going through its three hours. Um, uh, and I will say that, like, I was like eh, three hours, long time. But my wife wanted to see it, and I was like, all right, we're gonna go. And like the three hours flew by, like it did not feel like it was three hours at all. I was just engaged the entire time. Yeah. Um, but it is not. I don't think it's a film you need to go see in theaters. Like it is. It's a character drama. Like yeah. Which I you know that's fine. I I like seeing all types. I guess in the, in the theaters. But from what I've heard, like you know, 
you're saying for you, like, it all flew by. From what I've heard a lot from people, is like the first two hours, like, like for a lot of people that didn't 100% work for it, it was the last hour. Okay, so, so the whole story, it, it kind of, like, goes over Oppenheimer's whole life, uh, from, like, him getting interested in, to, in quantum physics to, uh, you know, his political leanings early on. And then to, uh, you know, him being, you know, working, being assigned as the project lead on, you know, the, the, the bomb project at Los Alamos. And then the back half of it, the back, after they drop the bomb, the last third or half of the film is kind of this legal proceeding where, uh, they're basically the U S government is taking away his, uh, um, a security clearance so he can't be in charge of anything anymore like he wouldn't get political information he wouldn't be in charge of of any sort of consulting for nuclear work um and it, it's all stemming from this other guy uh, mm. played by robert downey jr who is also in in like a, a neat fashion like he is getting grilled by congress in at his he's getting a, a position on the cabinet, the president's cabinet, and he's getting grilled by Congress in his, uh, in his hearing for what is that, the confirmation hearing. Mm-hmm. And so like, you're getting these trials back and forth, but I thought they were both like really interesting in how they played out. So like, if you're not fascinated by that, I could definitely see where so it's not about the bomb anymore at that point. It's about them tearing down his reputation. Like this was the most famous in a lot of ways, it's like Fauci now, right? Like, yeah. Um, and how the the right now is trying to take him down as like, oh, well, you know, he did this, this, and this with COVID, and like, so they were trying to like discredit Oppenheimer and, and make it easier for this guy to get confirmed uh, on the president's cabinet. And so, like, there's interesting political shit going back and forth, and I found that fascinating. If if like you're only there for the bomb. The first two thirds <laughs> is is what it's going to be, but yeah, like I, that shit, know. I was totally into. It I was like this is super interesting. The comparison, uh, um, like the movie, I, I kind of hear it getting most compared to a lot of times is JFK, which is a movie I love, and and that's a movie that kind of ends on a trial. Uh, very, very similar, yeah. Like where it's like the first part of that is uh, what uh, Kevin Costner's character investigating. Yeah. The the crime, and then you have the hearing at the end. Yeah, it's very much like that. So, like, if you're not like, mm, the, this court hearing isn't what I'm here for. I love courtroom. I love courtroom shit. So, like, again, like, I'm happy to hear that you like really liked the movie, and I I remain excited to see it. Uh, like, it seems like generally people like liked it, and it's doing well at the theaters for for what it is, you know. So super super well for a three hour yeah. biopic. Yeah. Or a historical piece like this incredibly well. Um I mean I'm glad people are like kind of into it. So uh and I'll say this, I know people like have like, oh, you know, Nolan's sound mixing is terrible and I thought it was perfect here. This is like I could understand all the dialogue. Um it is loud in the right spots, but it doesn't over like it doesn't overtake the dialogue. Like in Tenet, the sound mixing was atrocious yeah and, and there was times where characters are talking but like jet engines are roaring in the background and you can't understand vital pieces of the story 
Uh, that's not happening here. Like when the bomb drops, it's almost silence. Mm-hmm. Like at, at first, like it's just like here's this visual thing, and people are soaking it in. But a lot of like the conversations and everything, they're all very easy to hear. Like you're not going to miss dialogue, I don't think, unless they fuck up the sound when it comes home. Good to oh. hear. Uh, I did actually listen to the score of the movie too. I think the score is really good. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, very, very well done. Um, score for it. Uh, let's see, I saw another. I saw a brand new movie just came out. Um, horror film from Australia. Talk to me. Yeah. Um, getting a lot of buzz. I think. Uh, I don't. I'm, I really liked it, but I'm also very surprised by the buzz it's getting because this is. At its core, it is a, you know, kids fuck around with the supernatural and then bad shit happens because they fucked around with the supernatural. <laughs> um, and then, like, how do we solve that? How do we how do we get back from it? Um, it's not heavy on scares. It's not heavy on gore. There is a scene or two that are like, holy fuck, like. And it's probably they play better because it's not so heavy um, on on the jumps or on the, the gore or violence. Like when that shit happens, it it delivers uh, and it, it's kind of very impactful. But um, it's just a really well acted, well told story. But it's still a story that like we've seen a few times. Yeah. It's just a well done one of those. Yeah, I mean, everyone seems to like it, though. Like, you seem to really like it. Yeah. And, and a lot of people point to, like, a grim ending, which, you know, I love. It um, does have, like, that is the one thing. Like, if this was a Hollywood film, right? Like, the end is, like, the kids solve the mystery, and they, like, you know, they stave off death for another day, kind of like Final Destination or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this has a more grim ending than that. I, love uh, it. I will not spoil it, but uh, it is. It, it is. I was not expecting where it ends up in the end. Um, but yeah, also like not you, but other people being like, "This movie was really scary," and so I'm like, I hate when people do that to me though, because I know I'm just gonna be sitting there like with my arms crossed, like, "Yeah, right, this is not gonna." Yeah, and I just don't like when people say that it just doesn't work on me anymore. Cause like, <laughs> I'm not what I'm scared by is generally not what the mass public is scared by anymore. Cause I've watched so many yeah. horror films at this point that, uh, like, yeah, it's ghost stories I, I, generally don't do it for yeah. me anymore. Like I can recognize something as creepy and scary yeah. without, without like, Oh, you know, like, Anyways, uh, and, and I, I it is it is cre- creepy imagery. There's a few like good jumps in it, but I wasn't like, oh, well, it's gonna give me nightmares. But yeah, yeah I came out of what was it, hereditary, right? People are like, oh, that's the scariest thing I ever saw, and like, it's, it didn't. Like, and I, I know I'm on the minority with I didn't really like hereditary, but it's like that I wasn't well, scarred by it. <laughs> like, there were things I thought were scary in hereditary, but it was like. Not the like 
the quote unquote scary parts, especially like near the end, it felt it felt goofy. Yes, but like it would be like I, you know, she'd be like, "I wish I never had you. I wish I wasn't your mom." Like stuff, like stuff like that. Um, yeah, like that's stuff. Like you know, like that's, uh, that stuff is nightmarish in a different way than like when people it gives are you chill. Just... Like it's just like, oh god, you know, like yeah, like people are like, oh my god, like when she got beheaded, like that was the most gnarly thing ever i'm like you don't watch a lot of films like, <laughs> i thought it was pretty i mean i thought it was gnarly. Good, like, it was good like oh shit like I, yeah and the way like the way that film handles like the, how the family reacts to everything like the, the way like the kid just comes home and just goes to bed like you know like that stuff like it's a different type of scary but like that stuff i did find scary but like as soon as it got to like you know whatever was actually the, going the, on it was, yeah, it's, it's goofy weird shit at the end yeah um, um one final one uh briefly touch on uh i saw a uh documentary on robert england um probably best known as freddy freddy krueger yeah. Uh called Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert England story. It's on Screenbox, which is bloody disgusting streaming service that I still haven't canceled. <laughs> After I think think we watched a movie on there like that. You watched like Terrifier? Like, um well, no, I got it I got it for uh well, what was, oh, what was uh, the uh the Outwaters. The Outwaters. I rent I, I subbed for that and still haven't unsubbed. Uh but I keep finding like these like interesting little documentaries on there too. Yeah. Uh, and this one it's it, it chronicles Robert England's career. Uh it is very much just like a talking head thing and there's like some clips from the films put in. Uh it's just an interesting retrospective on his career that like he had aspirations of being like a like an actual actor. Not that what he did in horror isn't acting, but like he wanted to be he wanted to be an actor actor. He, he tried out for Martin Scorsese films and yeah, uh, like uh, there, there were other stuff that, you know, he, he was trying to do other stuff, not genre films. Uh, there were some cool tidbits in there though. Evidently uh, he's very, or at least was at the time, very good friends with Mark Hamill. Like Mark Hamill would come over and drink at his house. <laughs> and uh, he, aud- Robert England auditioned for, I think it was a, it was either a Coppola film or a Scorsese film, and across the hall was a uh, uh, George Lucas was doing screens, uh, like you know, uh, screen test for Star Wars, and uh, I think England screen tested for Han Solo, uh, which he obviously didn't get. But uh, he, he, he went. They have footage of this. They just have him talking about it. Uh, and they they do actually. I think they do have a shot of him dressed like Han Solo <laughs> at the time in the film, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, he he talks about how he goes home and and Mark Hamill comes over with his six packs of Heineken. He's like, "Yo, <laughs> you, like, there's this film that that's uh they're they're casting for right now. I think you'd be good for for a role in it." Um, and so Mark Hamill called his agent, and the next day he went and screen tested for Star Wars and <laughs> one of the most iconic roles in film history. <laughs> Robert England kind of just like pushed him in that direction. Um, and uh, like 
how he even came about being a Freddy was like he was in between like doing plays and stuff and the only thing that really fit was this this horror film and you know he went in screen tested for Wes Craven and uh Craven liked them and so they they went from there and uh, kind of the rest is history except I didn't realize that he was originally not going to be Freddy in Freddy 2 uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy, it was Freddy's Revenge. Really? They thought they could uh, just put someone else in the makeup, huh? They did. They Because at the time, and I mean, you know this from like, you know, we're, we're big fans of uh, Halloween and, and Friday the 13th and, and Texas Chainsaw, is that the guys that played those characters were stuntmen. Yeah, and it would uh, almost never be the same between sequels. Um, yeah. I mean, like we we did get some, you know, we got you got some with Jason mostly. Like Kane Hodder did a bunch of, yeah, Jason. and it, it went to his head. I think like uh, a l- little bit. Don't, uh, don't watch he, the documentary on him. He he's in this. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a little resentful over something. Yeah, like, he's very. He comes off as very resentful to me. Like doesn't seem like he's angry at at Robert England, but he did. Uh, he was very very upset that he was not cast as Jason in Freddy vs Jason. Oh, ridiculous! Um, and it just didn't. The guy just seems very angry about things. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they the studio New Line Cinema in particular thought. Like we can just put anybody in an, in that face mask and like they can be Freddy because he was actually like a character, not like you know he, he Michael Myers where he doesn't say anything. Like, uh, and they they quickly learned that did not work. They did yeah. test screenings with somebody else and it was not good. Like they were they were horrible. Um. So yeah, That's like hard. that. It's interesting. And now it's like you know he was like even Robert England was like early on like I was very he was very aware of the fact that he was kind of being typecast as in horror and like that was he didn't want that to be what he did so he like tried to do more plays and stuff but he's like at some point you just have to be happy with it's the biggest thing like yeah it's you're doing something bigger than than him you're living out a dream that thousands of people who move out to Hollywood will never get to live. So. Exactly. And so he finally, he's like, you know what? Like I just embraced it. And like, I'm these, these fans and you know, filmmaking, filmmaking has made me, you know, tons of money and like, I can do whatever I want. And the fans love me. And like, they love this character for whatever reason. But like, <laughs> I, I can't fight the fact that they, they love that. Like I should embrace it. And he did. And now he's kind of become like an elder statesman in horror yeah. and he shows up in a bunch of other stuff. And he was like, and I, you know, I started out as the monster and, and now I get to play. He's like, now I get to play like Donald Pleasant's role where I'm the guy fighting the evil. He, and, he got to do a fun role in stranger things. He's gotten to yeah. direct some movies. Actually, when I was a kid, I really liked his one. I think he directed it called nine, seven, six evil. Yeah. That was his. Um, yep. Uh, which I, I've, I've actually thought about featuring on the show, but and, uh, and it's very very funny just like hearing him talk about stuff like that too, because like he directed it and like he was having trouble casting it, and um, like he doesn't look like Freddy, like without the makeup on, right? Like he's yeah, just yeah. A, and like so they were like, "Who's Robert England?" Like like he's not a director, and like <laughs> we don't know who he is, and like then he's fucking Freddy, like. Oh, and like that was a that was how they kind of got people to work on his film, and 
it was just yeah. really, really like it's not like it's not like oh my god, go out and watch. But like as somebody who's a fran- fan of, yeah. you know, Friday Nightmare on Elm Street and you know Friday Thirteenth and and Halloween and that era of films, like he's a huge part of that. And it was very interesting to see this guy who's like a a big name in horror, just how his career played out and how he's embraced it. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Um, and Screenbox has a bunch of like cool like documentaries like that on there. Um, I'm gonna watch one on a uh, on Hellraiser. They do one on like the first three Hellraisers, the making of that. They talk with Clive Barker and stuff. So there's a some bunch s- of um, neat stuff there. There's a bunch of documentaries out there about horror movies and stuff. And some of them are on Shutter. Um, some of them you'd have to rent. Like there's one about I think the original It movie. That's yep. out there. Yep, uh, that that one's on Screenbox as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. They have, they have a bunch of like weird ones, like a Fright Night. They do like <laughs> one on Fright Night, like uh, they do one on Pet Cemetery. Yeah, there's one on Pet Cemetery. There's uh, this is this one sounds super boring, but it is uh, a documentary just literally like talking to William Friedkin, who is the director of the exorcist mm-hmm. and dude is like so smart and like knowledgeable about movies that like, I didn't find it that boring. Just sitting, like, it's literally him talking for two hours, just about like, just about movies and shit. And it's, I thought pretty good. And sometimes that's uh, all you like, if, as long as the, subject that is talking is able to be engaging that's all you need yeah i mean he's yeah he's a character so um and i mean i don't don't know where we fit this in because it's it's a trailer but i guess that uh the exorcist trailer did come out uh people seem a little butthurt over it (laughs) people don't seem to like it It, Uh, it, here here's a news flash for you guys it's a it's an exorcism movie and it looks like an exorcism movie <laughs> yeah but and you are a fan of religious horror and, and stuff so I, didn't know. I, don't think I, I don't think i even asked you yeah you're, you think i'm gonna watch good? it i was like this looks fine like it doesn't look doesn't look great but it doesn't look <laughs> like it it looks like every fucking other exorcism film that comes out yeah like, kind of yeah it doesn't it's not like Oh, it's holding up to the Exorcist. I don't know what the tie-in to the original Exorcist is going to be. Um, well, they they seem to have found their formula of you bring back some old fucking lady from right. Which, they're bringing back Linda Blair. Like, like they're bringing back uh, not even Linda. Is Linda Blair in it? I thought, I thought it was. I thought it was the mom, like um, who's like super old now. Um. I don't know. It it looks fine. Like I'm not like oh my god. Like people, I can't. People are uh, done with David Gordon Green. Ellen Burstyn. Yes. Yeah. Both both her and Linda Blair are are in it. Ellen Burstyn oh, was her mom, true. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and and Linda Blair is in it as Regan McNeil as well. I don't know what level either of them are in it, but uh. Well, the, it's they've featured the mom quite a bit in the yes. trailer, and so. Uh, is it, are we just doing Halloween 2018 again? I don't know, but uh, uh, you know, whatever. I like that movie. I still really like. It's, I I really like it, but people like so badly want to turn on David Green after Halloween ends, which you know, I ended up at the end of the day thinking like Halloween ends is like an interesting mistake. It is. Like, it, like yes, it's, I agree. It's an interesting <laughs> mistake. It's not a good Halloween movie. It is an interesting mistake, and it has like. 
like I will rewatch that though. Like and and it has some cool kills and shit. Like to me, it's not like a total like like. And I do think there's worse. <laughs> I think there's definitely worse Halloween movies. So I don't like, know. For sure, like it is not the worst Halloween movie out there, and I don't think this is going to be the worst Exorcism no, movie. No, but also it's there's. Really one, I mean, people really like The Exorcist three. I'm not a huge fan, but. Like to me, there's one good Exorcist film, and it's the fucking Exorcist, and that's it. Like all the other Exorcist films are not very good. Uh, yeah, I'm not even one of those people that super loves Part Three, which I know like people like now. Uh, I think it's I don't know. It's so weird. I don't understand the love that like the retroactive. Uh, this is a good film thing, but it has things about it that are all right. But like, yeah, yeah. I, I can find it kind of boring. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna watch this exorcism, this exorcist film. What's it? The Exorcist Believer. I'm gonna watch that. I'm, I'm yeah, into it. Whatever. It comes out around Halloween, right? Like it's come on. Yeah. You're gonna go see it. Yeah. That and Saw Ten. That's probably gonna be yeah. bad too. I'm gonna go see that as well. That has <laughs> a pretty good trailer, and I do not like Saw, but that trailer is pretty good. Um, that's it. Uh, for me, what, what have you been watching, Joe? Uh, I'll start with the best movie I saw this month, which is They Cloned Tyrone. Uh, it's a new it's, Netflix movie. It's one I got on my watch list. I'm ready to go Go at it. It's uh, from first-time director Jewel Taylor, who okay. I think he did some script work on Creed II. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a movie about a drug dealer, a pimp, and a prostitute or sex worker, however you want to call it, who uncover a conspiracy. And I don't want to like say too much about it because I, I feel like once you realize what type of movie it is, it's like when I was just like, oh man, this is like, I love this. Like, you know, like it's like it'll click. Like, like there's, there's like two or three movies I want to say what it's like, but if I say that to you, you're going to be like, oh, I, like you're going to figure out what's going on right away. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I'm just saying, like, it starts off, like, kind of, kind of like a gritty, like, uh, urban crime film, but that's, like, really funny. It's, like, a weird kind of, like, mix. But as it goes on, and as, like, the conspiracy is, is uh, more and more revealed, like, I think it becomes more serious. Uh, and like really leans into like you know more of the sci-fi than the comedy of it and just gets cooler and cooler like i don't know man like i really can't like say like like the things that i think are so cool about it but it just it's it's one that uh i'll talk to you chris about after you see it um, Okay, but just like uh, anyone out there who's like listening to this show just trust me to you want to watch they clone tyrone um like if you're listening to the show it's gonna be like right up your alley so um well that, i am, yeah, I am yeah. i'm very excited to watch that it it was one i was hoping to get to this weekend but i was like cramming in our films so. i know i know uh well i i i really like you know, you're never like 100% sure how these people are going to react to a movie or whatever, but like I feel pretty confident in you, Chris, liking uh, They Clone Tyrone quite a bit. Nice. Uh, but we'll see. I I, I think you're going to love it. But uh, yeah, it just 
you have to trust me. Everyone uh, can't. I don't want to say a lot about it, um, but it's fun. It's a very fun movie. I actually got someone to at work to watch it who's not even like a big horror fan or genre. Fan. Like again, this is not really horror, but like it's close enough that it's going to be st- something that people like. Anyway, like, I had to watch it. He came back today and was like, dude, that movie was awesome. I was like, I nice. know. And we were like talking about like specific parts that we thought were, you know, like awesome or funny. And so, yeah, it, it's in my opinion. It's a winner. Uh, I got nothing but winners for you this time, Chris. Right. The other one is um, this little movie Barbie. Have you heard about it? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, I really liked Barbie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I I think just, and you see this in the trailers, but just like the look of Barbie Land is so fun to look at that even if the movie was not that good, I'd still like, would watch it just for that. Like this, the, the set that they built is so cool looking. Um, it's just like visually fun and it's in a lot of the movie. Um, the humor is mostly, mostly, very funny. I think there's like maybe a joke or two that doesn't go well as they hope. Um, right. I, mean, I know. Yeah. I know there's people that like. Well, I mean, of course, conservatives don't like the movie, but there's even people that, you know, oh, I don't, I don't like politics that much in movies. And the movie is like very much about gender politics and all that stuff and Here, here's a weird thing barbie has always been about gender politics like it is literally yeah. a toy line that is saying women can do anything yeah like, it's kind of like if you're not if you don't know that it's a little bit weird to go in the like they're, they're being too political like the toy line's always been political well i had another coworker go to see the movie and he did not get it and he uh, was, I was like, man, he was like, man, that movie like really hates men. And I was like, okay, dude. <laughs> First off, I, I, I think a that's like a very kind of lazy take on the movie because I don't, I don't think it hates men. Also, I'll, I don't, any of like the political things that the movie is saying is always in the service of you having fun. Like, it's not, like, lecturing you. It's always trying to be a fun, you know, comedy. Right. Fun comedy with also some, like, emotional moments, and those moments hit really good. Um, like, there's just, <laughs> there might be times you might tear up watching Barbie the movie. And, uh, and I'm just trying to think of what else I would want to touch on. The like trailer for it is like, oh, it's like this fish out of water thing where Barbie comes to the real world, right? Yeah, yeah. that's not really what it's about. Uh, so if you have that like read more beyond that, I would not, and I would like no, like I, that's about where I'm at. I've seen the trailers. Yeah, like, like I mean, I know that there's like you know, she's fighting against certain things, certain certain social norms and stuff, but that's about it. That's about as far as I know. Yeah, I think the trailer does a really great job of selling the movie while only giving away like kind of what the first half of it is. Okay. To maybe to maybe like sixty, seventy percent, but the last thirty percent, I, I did not know that's where it was going, and it, it was really fun. 
I guess the last thing I'll say on it is I think Ryan Gosling is amazing in it. He's just so fucking funny as Ken. Um, I mean, I think Margot Robbie is really great too, but like Gosling gives one of those like supporting like character performances that like I wouldn't be surprised if he got nominated for it. You know what I mean? Like right. there was some talk about that after it came out because he's just like he helps land the plane so to speak like right. it's just a lot of fun and there's a there's a really fun musical number with him and yeah i i think you're going to see that probably after this episode drops but you are planning to go see it right i am we're going so i'll be on vacation not next week starting next week yeah so after this episode comes out i will be on vacation and i'm going to go see it with my wife and my daughters and uh, one of my daughter's friends. Uh, they are. They've all gotten themselves like pink uh, pajamas yeah, that they're yeah. gonna wear. And yeah. so, like, the girls were like, uh, "Well, you need to dress up as Ken then." And uh, I have chosen to go as the most absurd Ken I could find. I'm going as Mermaid Ken. Uh, <laughs> and my wife has bought me mermaid like fish scale pants. <laughs> Um, that I will be wearing to the movie theater with them while we're on vacation. Meanwhile, I was like, I was the one being like, well, we got to wear pink to this. And <laughs> Your wife was like, no. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? It's just a movie. I, I got a pink shirt. Get there. I'd say at least half the audience is in pink. I was like, see, I fucking told you, man. It's a fun thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really fun. I, I, it's like I think I'm gonna buy it when it comes out. So nice, good, good. Glad to hear it's a fun time. Um, I'll just do one more movie this time because we're running a little long on what we've been watching. Uh, a movie that like is, I think still pretty under the radar and deserves to be, you know, noticed more, and that is BlackBerry, which is another one of these like corporate biopic movies, like um, like Air. Hmm. Or <laughs> there's been a lot of them. There's Tetris. Yeah. Uh, there's a flaming hot Cheetos one. Oh, I did not know about that. It's terrible. Um, there's it's, a, ter- there's... It's, it's it's okay. It's on actually Hulu. it already came out. I forgot it came out. But the uh, the the one on the Beanie Babies just came out on Apple. Really? Um, the Thai something Ty or whatever it was. Oh my God. Uh, but that stars like Elizabeth Bank and Zach Galifianakis looks absurd. So yeah, like they, these are these are out there. There's a bunch of these movies. It's, it's a popular like genre now. Um, but BlackBerry is like it on another level, man. Like it is because it's not trying to fit. Like it hits the notes of the rise and fall of something, right? Mm-hmm. But it's more just like these two dorky like programmer guys who hook up with this businessman guy who is like a total fucking fucking psychopath. And so like the movie works as just this, like, like this, like fucking thrill ride where you're like, Oh shit, where's this guy like going? Like, where's this guy going to take them next? Cause this guy is complete lunatic. Um, and, and so like, I don't know how much of it's true or what I think it is mostly true. Um, but it just works. Like you're just gripped. You're not like sitting there going, "How did the shoe get made?" or "How did you know?" In this case, "How did the phone get made?" You're sitting there going, "Oh fuck, this guy's like really dangerous." And, you know what I mean? Like it's like you're yeah, like yeah. actually involved in, in like the character um, 
part of it. And that guy's played by Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but uh, you would not recognize him here. He doesn't look like him. He doesn't act like that show. Um, and yeah, it was like a two-hour like tour de force. Like we just like, holy shit! <laughs> and uh, you know, interesting story too. But it's just really like the personal dynamics work, and it's just like. It, it, there's lots of like very specific nerd references. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, like they're like trying to solve something, and some guy will be like, "Well, when I was working at Naughty Dog, this is how we figured out how to do this on Crash Bandicoot." And like, you, like you're just like, "Whoa!" This <laughs> like this thing does not care. How, how, like it's not trying to make it easy for mainstream people to understand, right? Um, but like you know, if you're someone like if you know the video game world that well, like they're like. What's his name? Don Carmack or whatever. They like name drop like that, and you just have to like kind of know what they're talking about. <clears throat> and um, like, so this, just like this will work for me. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, well, yeah. I think you'll, I think you'll really like BlackBerry. Uh, but there's just like there's a part like you know they they do uh, they have a fun like movie night at the company and like you know. It's like every Friday night we watch a movie, and so one like the programmer guys is like rushing to get to movie night, and he's got a VHS of, of Ninja Turtles. And meanwhile, he doesn't know that they've brought in like this fucking fixer guy who's gonna like whip the company in the shape, you know. And it's fucking Michael Ironside, like all like just so intimidating. <laughs> he shows up for movie night. He's like, "The fuck is this?" You, like you know, like. Ain't no movie nights here. We gotta get this product launched. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know. It's just, I was totally in, like, I heard it was good, Mm -hmm. but I I just guess I didn't quite believe uh, that it could be that much a step above what these movies usually are. So it's, it's a pretty high recommend for me. Nice. Uh, What, what's that on? Is it on? It's on digital. You gotta rent it. Okay. You gotta rent it. All right. I'll add it to the list. Yeah. Sounds good. Um all right, dude. Let's uh let's do it. You ready for our movie night? I uh, am. <laughs> uh let's start with the voyeurs from twenty twenty one. So we're really gonna do this. Seems that way, yeah. I get to live here with you. Can we talk about our future? Okay. Can we be rebellious before we have kids? Hell yes, <laughs> to making wonderful, terrible decisions. You can see right in. Check out those two. What is he, like a photographer? Oh, they're in love. I don't think we should spy on our neighbors. Right, babe. Oh, they're f- Just because someone is allowing you to look in on their lives doesn't mean it's okay to watch. How do we become their friends? You want to become BFFs with the neighbors we now seem to be stalking. I mean, we just never done that before. I've been having dreams. I wanted it to happen. Of all the eye clinics in the world. She walks into mine. This is crazy. We totally hit it off. Hi. My husband is a complex individual. This might be a little problematic. I just wish we could hear what they were saying. Don't you ever feel guilty? 
It's like when you're so obsessed with something, you forget to look around and go, what am I even doing? Would it be strange if I asked to take your picture? Am I not enough for you? Pippa, what did you do? This was written and directed by Michael Mohan, who I think this might be his first big film. Uh, it was an Amazon Studios movie, so I think at this time, Amazon was not yet doing a theatrical. I think it was just went straight to Prime well, Video. When it was uh it was twenty twenty one, right? So it was probably yeah. COVID COVID era. Yeah, yeah. It came out September tenth, twenty twenty one, so I don't know. Like at the end, tail end of it. Yeah. I don't think I think like Amazon because like all these companies, like even like it's like Netflix. Like if I wish they would put they cloned Tyrone in the theaters, I would go see that in the theater. Mm -hmm. uh, and Amazon like figured this out. They did that with Air. We're like we're gonna put we're gonna yes. premiere it. Uh, you know that that's where I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, this I don't think they did a theatrical for it. They just threw it on to Amazon Prime, and I, I feel like. Not enough people saw this because I think it's pretty fun. I mean, we're gonna get into our thoughts on it, but uh, but from what I understand, from what I remember, this is not recent research, but I remember reading about it at the time. Is that the writer director Michael Mohan? He was a big fan of the old like erotic thrillers that um, were very popular, like in the late '80s and early '90s and mm -hmm. through the mid '90s, and he wanted to like do a love letter to that. And he actually like, before he sat down to write the script or make this at all, he just like rewatched all that shit. And he was like, I'm just going to try to do uh, like, do that genre justice. Um, does a good job. <laughs> so the story we have here is Sydney Sweeney and justice Smith are like this young couple who like moved into like a baller downtown apartment. Um, kind of like a high-rise apartment. I couldn't figure out what the city was, although I think they say it at some point that it was like Vancouver or something. It's uh, Montreal. Montreal, okay. Yeah, I, I remember them saying it was like a like a Canadian city, and I was like, okay. Yeah, doesn't really matter. They, they, they talk French at a couple times at them. At, like, I actually thought That's it was right. Paris in, in the, in the <laughs> film. I was like, there's a lot of people speaking English here. Uh, Wikipedia says it was Montreal. There is a few French, like when they go to like a bar or something, and I just thought it was maybe it was supposed to be like a French bar. <laughs> Me not thinking about the Canadian aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, the basic premise here is though, so they're, they're like in one of those like high rise apartments where you could see the next building over, and so, so they could see across basically into their neighbor's uh, apartment or condo or whatever. Uh, and it's this guy who's like a photographer and he's having lots of sex. And they kind of get into watching him have sex. Um, and at first, it's just kind of a fun thing that they're doing, like just peeking over there. And they're like, oh, you know, first it's like they just seeing him with his what, like his his wife. But then all of a sudden, it's like he's photographing someone else and he's having sex with someone else. And they're like, oh, my God, he's cheating on his wife. Um, and, and it's like 
they start to get like more involved maybe than they should be. Uh, and I don't think it's like an equal obsession either between them because Pippa, played by Sydney Sweeney, like goes way deeper on it. Yeah, um, like I think uh, oh, what's his name, um, Thomas. Uh, he he's into it, like especially like oh, wow. uh, you know, when they're having sex. But then it becomes like a little bit much. But also, he's like the one that has the tech to get them a microphone and how yeah, to like, hook all that weird shit up. He's pretty into it early on, but more from just like the let's have fun with this aspect. Yes. Whereas she starts to feel like some responsibility to intervene in, in what is going on. Uh, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because, yeah, there's a sex scene early on that is, I think, pretty wild, especially for a sex scene where there's, like, not really a lot of nudity. In fact, there, like, between our two principal characters, I don't think there's really nudity involved. No. Um, they're watching Dude Across the Way have sex. Sydney Sweeney gets behind him, makes him take his shirt off, and she starts jerking him off while he's watching. Oh, I forgot to mention they bought binoculars at this point, right? Yeah, she, she's come home with a pair of binoculars. After, at first, she was like, we shouldn't be watching them. And yeah. Then, then she, like, kind of gets into it. She's clearly also, like, it's clear, like, from the first time they see this guy having sex that she's, like, aroused by the guy across the way. She's, like, attracted yes. to him. So yeah, we get this pretty kinky sex scene where she starts jerking off her boyfriend, and then she lets him uh, start fucking her doggy style while she's looking through the binoculars. And and so she's watching the dude cross away have sex while she's getting fucked, and then she starts telling Justice Smith, go faster, go harder. I think this is a pretty... Uh, I don't know, hot sex scene for, like I said, it, like the only real nudity that you're really seeing is uh, through a window across the way. Um, I think what makes it hot is Sydney Sweeney's reaction to watching what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, she is uh, clearly turned on by by the actions across the, the apartment building. And I think as a little seed to what's coming up later, Justice Smith finishes pretty quickly <laughs> while the guy across the waist and Sydney Sweeney's still kind of like watching. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, as you mentioned, they do come up with like the scheme to like basically point a long range mic at their apartment so that they can hear what's going on. They go like they crash this Halloween party and then they, they put this like they need to use a mirror to bounce a laser off and back. I don't know. I don't, if yeah, I don't know if that's this, real or not. I don't know. It, it, it sounds, sounds yes, yeah. it sounds technically real enough that it's plausible, right? And that's all it's, it needs to be. It's so like detailed that I'm like this sounds like something that you thought through, you know what I mean? Um and I, I also think that there you know, there's a big twist that comes up near the end, and I don't mean to to get ahead of us on this, but like, I feel like this is my second time watching it. I feel like there is a sense of the twist coming. Now, this was your first time watching, Chris. Was there anything as you're watching the movie where you're like, hmm? No, so like no. the. No, I didn't the big not catch the the yeah the the 
that kind of changes the dynamic of the film, I think is what you're referring to here. Um, no, I did not catch anything that led on. There may be stuff there, but I was like well, in the moment of it all happening and I didn't see it if it, if it is there. It's just the fact that one, they're so seemingly like don't seem to care that anyone sees that they're, they're fucking, like they're always fucking with the blinds open. Like they make, make no effort to ever cover it up. Yeah. And, and just the way, like, so when they crash his Halloween party, like he comes right up to her right away and starts like, Basically, cucking Justice Smith like he just so I, picking her up and yeah, I did, did think her. that was like a a bit weird, but also like that whole thing was a bit weird. So they they have a name for the guy's wife because they don't know her name, but they name her Margot. They're like she looks like a Margot, and when they go to yeah. this Halloween party, she's dressed like Margot from the Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there, there's like little. It's not like again the first time I saw it, I did not see the twist coming. Uh, but well, like, there's something yeah, off the I mean, way that, where you're just like something. Something that is a neat tie because like you know yeah. it, it, we're going to get into it I guess but yeah like it is interesting that like I did not put those two together until right now it was just like that's a weird coincidence but yeah yeah um, so they finally like they get audio set up and it's uh it's on them in like mid fight and the this dude across the way is acting really abusive. Sydney Sweeney forms a relationship with this girl across the way because she comes into her work and Sydney Sweeney's like an ophthalmologist, right? Uh, yeah. Which becomes important. For, uh, uh, but yeah, they, they, the end, yeah. yeah, they form a friendship. Um, and I guess, you know, basically, as she gets closer and Justice Smith kind of like loses interest in this after a while. And, and Sydney Sweeney, meanwhile, is like more and more obsessed. She's become friends with this girl. She's watching everything play out. She's why there's like a montage of him, like having sex with a bunch of different people. Um, and, and, you know, while he's, Justice Smith is like souring on it, he's just like, you know, maybe it isn't good for us to be like voyeurs or whatever. Yeah. She she becomes convinced that they should intervene, uh, and and tell her new friend that her husband is a cheater. Um, and and coincidentally, and that's a, like you know, as, as you as you said, like a lot of this is leading up to the twist but like yeah incidentally enough like she says like oh like i just bought a new printer and i don't really know how to hook it up and like so yeah there's things like that are set for her to intervene she doesn't have to but there are things set up so she could i think that's such a clever thing the whole like so she she hooks up to her to her neighbor's printer and she's prints out like your husband is a cheater, and she sees the printout, like the page printout, and she kind of like okay, like you know she's clearly like what the fuck is going on, but she throws away the the paper and tries to like brush it off, and so Sweeney like gets more spe- specific. I, I just one think it's really brilliant having her connect to the printer, uh, but she sends another printout that says like he threw uh, what he threw a condom in the bathroom trash can. Yeah. She goes, sees this. 
they do some awesome moral dilemmas in this. Like there was one earlier where uh, the dude was choking on some food, and they have to decide really quick if they should do anything or not. Right? Well, do we call the cops? Like, no, you have to run the- over there. Like, the cops aren't going to get here quick enough. Like, yeah, but also like now later in the film. After she finds out her husband's been cheating, she goes and grabs this knife, and you're like, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, we're gonna murder him. We gotta call the cops. But if we call the cops, we're gonna like expose like we've been doing something illegal, you know? Yeah. Um, She doesn't end up killing the husband. No, she ends up killing herself. Uh, And it's like the next day or something, like you know. Um, and, and. that's Justice Smith right away. It was just like, peace out. Like, he's like, I cannot be here anymore. You know, you instigated this. We're done. Uh, yeah. And I, which and, is a, it's a realistic uh, reaction. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. I'm sympathetic to both of them. I, I like, I side with Justice Smith where I'm like, you just don't get involved with, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah, not our, like, like oh, this, this was cool at first. Like, it was, was kind of sexy, but now it's weird. Yeah. Let's stop. It was fun and, to get off to once. I don't think yeah. we should play God in other people's lives, you know. Exactly. Um, but now the, the movie is like cranked up to eleven. Uh, I feel like, like I, I think at this point the movie's like on fire, and there's like a little under an hour left. It's like a little past the halfway point. Um, and uh, Sydney Sweeney's like guilty about this, but at the same time. She sees this dude go to a bar, and she follows him there. They have a very fucked up conversation <laughs> at this bar. Like he he approaches her at the bar, uh, and he, you know basically asks her like, you know, do you watch porn? She's like, yeah. You know, he's like, everybody watches porn. How is that different than like cheating on your wife? Yeah, like it's all it's all laying out this. like stuff yeah. that like. Things that basically accusing somebody of interfering in his life, but we know that she's the one that has interfered in his life and caused this tragedy. Yeah, and you know, also you know, just him justifying his his behavior and saying like it's it's meaningless, like it you know, it, yeah, it doesn't mean I didn't love my wife, blah blah blah. But still, it doesn't stop either of them from going back up to his place to take a picture, quote unquote. And then we get, I think, you know, our other big, like, hot sex scene of the movie, um, which they take some time getting to. It's like, you know, he does a lot of, like, will you take your shirt off? And he takes a picture. Will you take your bra off? And take a picture. And, 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 you know, it slowly evolves into them, or devolves, however you want to put it, into them having sex. Um Again, I think a pretty hot sex scene, but it gets interrupted. Like you're enjoying the sex scene, you're like, "Ah, oh, this is pretty hot," and then you see like this shot of, of from above of uh, Justice Smith deciding to come back home at the worst possible fucking time, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know he he's and he's carrying flowers. The poor guy. And he gets in the house and he sees across the way his girlfriend having sex with this dude. So obviously, like super, um, super devastating to him. Um, and he and he ends up killing himself. At least, well, we'll, we'll get into this more too as we get to the end of this. But he yeah. hangs himself, and she comes home to find that the next morning and. 
I do think at this point I did make a note that um that I, I do think that like uh like obviously there has to be like consequences to her spying and meddling and stuff. But I think that both deaths in this movie like are kind of like s- very extreme reactions. Like I don't know, like her sure. the one lady like she found out her husband's cheating on her, she kills herself and then I mean, I could put myself in Justice Smith's shoes and pink. Very devastated about the fact of this guy we were spying on. Oh, apparently my wife or my girlfriend wanted to go fuck him and, and you know. I don't know if I'd kill myself, but it's a movie. It's it's whatever. It's you know. Yeah, I mean it 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 didn't neither neither death to this point felt out of place to me. I I, I just this time watching I'm like it's so extreme that he just like hangs himself. Uh, I mean, but that that's this genre too. Yeah, like, that, that's in that, a lot that's of ways where I ultimately landed on my note is I'm like it's a movie. Like you know that that's how it goes. Um. But then we get to like the climax of the movie where uh, it's you know it's later you know some time has passed now and Sydney Sweeney and she did... a- after Thomas's funeral it's yeah yeah I've been a, a bit but Sweeney like for whatever fucked up reason oh I th- I should go see this guy this neighbor yeah she, she, you know, I mean he he invited her to the the opening yeah. uh, I think it either either when he was trying to get her clothes off or when they were at the bar. <laughs> yeah. He called Julia, his supposedly dead wife, up to the stage and that was the first time I watched the movie when he calls Julia up to the stage, I, I knew what was going to happen. Then I, then I was like, oh. So like, I don't know, did it hit you here? Yeah, when, when he calls Julia up, you know, this whole thing was a setup. Yeah. Um, uh, but But also a setup that like, at this point, you're still thinking... Holy fuck! Like her actions have called has has caused a death, but it was not not the one that she thought. It was her her boyfriend's. Yeah. So twist, you know, the watchers were the ones being watched the whole time. You know, the 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 artist, this photographer across the way, and and his wife were fucking with their new neighbors, and it was all so he could do an exhibition about. You know, Sydney, Sweeney, Pippa. Um, it's an interesting piece too, because like, uh, like later after after this reveal, he's having an interview and like, uh, you know, basically he's like, they signed like it's the last page of their lease. It was on their lease, yeah. They, yeah. they signed it. Nobody checks that. Nope. And like, he's yeah. it's a, it's a neat little throw in because yeah, it's like you get all these paperwork and you're just like, fuck, I'm whatever, sign everything. I'm signing, signing, yeah. signing. You're not reading it. Like yeah, you know that um, uh, the new season of Black Mirror has fun with this idea too. Uh, yeah, but and just I think the twist itself is fun. Like I don't know how you felt about it. I thought I yeah, thought yeah, it I, I I like it at this point. I'm really into it. Like yeah, holy fuck! Yeah. Like that's yeah, nuts. it is really nuts. And I I like where it goes at the end here, except for one thing. And basically, after this, like we're like head straight towards the finale of this where it's like Pippa decides she wants her revenge um, and she does this by sending them a bottle of wine that like she drugged somehow I don't get how so well uh, well so so we, we you missed kind of a piece here is that but, she she discovers as she's moving out of this apartment because she's now leaving it um, 
she, her boss had given her this bird feeder. And the night that Thomas dies, he has taken a drink of this shitty whatever that he's been drinking. He says it tastes bad. He pours it into the bird feeder. Mm-hmm. And when she's removing the bird feeder, all the birds are dead. So she then realizes somebody, she's at least thinking at this point, somebody, that's the shit that he drank. He must have come home. And like, there's a lot of, you know, jumping to conclusions here, but yeah, the shit that he was drinking, you know, he oh. came to this. And then, then she's kind of looking around the house and notices that the attic, that there was, there's like a space to get up. There's still a space in there and she that's when she goes up and finds all the pictures and shit yeah but i did not catch that that she was like using uh, whatever it doesn't matter yeah she used that the same shit that that they used in their well not not the same shit that he but she poisoned the wine that she sent to them yeah with like a, a paralyzing agent and you know, it takes it takes a little bit for you know. So they're drinking the wine, and you know, it doesn't kick in right away. Um, and this is where maybe I think it goes one twist too many. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did not like. I just feel it, 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 like it's it's something that you, I saw this when it came out, and I did not remember this aspect of it because it's just like, what was the point of adding it? Basically, she decides that. You know, Justice Smith didn't commit suicide, but they had like murdered him, you know, to help make their exhibition. And there's like, again, it's like kind of just based on a feeling, or I don't know. Like, yes. it's, it, it, I don't know. I don't really, why did you need that? I don't know. It's, I mean, I think you could get away with one, she could get a revenge anyway and being like, yeah, you, got, you guys manipulated me. Yeah. Uh, it's we didn't need this like murder double like fake suicide su- murder suicide type thing going on. Uh, we could have just I could have just gotten revenge because you guys are assholes and caused my boyfriend to kill himself because yeah, I good, did something fucked up. Good enough, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Cause again, it's just like it feels like based on nothing, and. Uh, like I think it works just fine without them having like to go that extra step to like kill him to get their expedition done. I think it works better if they're if it happened accidentally and it made their exhibition cool. But whatever. I mean, I also think that like even like you don't need him dead to make the exhibition, right? Like she she still goes over there and fucks this guy, mm-hmm. and. She has given her consent through the the form to be filmed and to have photos taken of her, and the phot- photographer and her, her his husband her his wife could have taken photos of Thomas coming back and seeing this happening, and that still would have been just as shocking. Like, yeah, it's not a death, but it's still shocking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways. Uh, her solution to all this is pretty fun, in my opinion. Like, I've been able to kind of gloss over the, like, he, you guys actually killed him because, like, either way, Sydney Sweeney's revenge here is pretty neat. And that, she, you know, she's drugged them, and once they, they're paralyzed, she takes them into her office and burns their eyes, like their retinas, 
with the lasers. So at the end of the movie, like this is the ending, there's like new people moving across the way from them, and you see that like these two artists across the way are blind. And uh, I don't know. I think that's like a fun twisted. Yeah, I think the, that's like the, the, the horror no longer watch. Yeah, yeah. Like they they've had what they like most taken away from them. I don't know. What do you think? I I liked it. I do think that like uh, it was maybe one or two twists too many. I I don't I don't mind the whole like I'm gonna burn your eyes out thing. But by that point, I was like, all right, we we just keep piling on top. You're you're piling too much on top. We we could have toned it down. I think that the old. I don't know. I think the old erotic thrillers go even crazier where someone's running around with a knife at the end. And I thought yeah. this was like a fun, neat little, like it's kind of like a horror ending, but like, I don't know. I just like smartly used her job to like really fuck them up. And like you said, it's like, there's a certain, you know, poeticness to it. Like, yeah, it's, it's just maybe a little bit too much stacking on like one twist after another <laughs> twist after another twist to, to get to this rather satisfying ending. I do think I agree with you that I th- I think that the Justice Smith twist is like I don't know just leave it out honestly yeah uh, I don't I don't think it's necessary like it's a weird thing that that you add in which then requires you to add add and add like I mean that's part of the genre is there's another twist yeah but, um I think they had done it enough like just. The whole, like, her going over and having sex with him and then him finding it and him killing himself was already, like, I was just like, holy shit, you know? Um, But anyways, um, I guess it's time for your final thoughts and and rating on it. Um, I I really liked it. Uh, I think it, for a film that plays in that genre, which has been mostly ignored for, like, probably a decade plus at this point, uh, it is high quality, super well acted. It's super, super sexy. sexy. Um, like there's, there's some some you know fun, fun surprising surprise. moments, some shocking Shock. moments, uh, and and it, it mostly works for you know it's almost two hour runtime. Like I was I was engaged throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Um, it just maybe like ten percent at the end. Like it's just like <laughs> a little bit too much, but it's like whatever. Like. For the most part, I was into this. It's like really good looking people yeah. doing really sexy things. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this is fun. I, I enjoyed this. It was a fun story. Uh, so I'm going uh, going seven out of ten. All right. Uh, yeah, I think this is not only um, like a love letter to the genre. I think it's one of the better examples of it. I think this is like a really, really great um, erotic thriller. Like this guy was, you know, just trying to do it an homage, but I think he kind of like one up them a little bit, and it's just fun to get like a movie like this that you don't really get anymore, and with a level of craft, like this is well made, like very well made. So yes, very well like, made. Like real talent behind the camera being um, put to the use of making high trash. So I, I really appreciate that about it. The voyeurs is like a. It's like an eight for me. It's really fun. Right. And, you know, I think Sydney Sweeney pushes it over the top for me a little bit. So yeah, I, I really enjoy she it. Is fantastic, and yeah. it's like fully um, on board with her. But uh, anyways, speaking of too much, 
Let's get to our next film. All right. Spoonful of sugar. You look young for your age. People aren't always as they seem, Mrs. Michaels. He doesn't speak. He's allergic to all animals, sugar, gluten, seeds of any kind. Just treat him like any other kid. You do a lot of babysitting? Sometimes. She's very, um, innocent. Most people are liars. If you want me to be part of your family, then I'm gonna have to ask you to do something for me. I think your son is really special. I'm glad you're here. Do you like her more than mommy? This is also from a first time, I think it's like her first like feature film. Uh, it's directed by Mercedes Bryce Morgan. Um, written by Leah St. Marie. This film debuted on Shudder, so no theatrical. Um, I forgot to say the, like the critical reception to these. The Voyeurs is sitting at 43% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, I think, way too low. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Spoonful of Sugar, I don't know how many reviews it has, but it is sitting... Oh, it has 10 reviews. It's sitting at 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sometimes everything is in the numbers. <laughs> Spoonful of Sugar is about this... <laughs> Chris, I don't even know how to fucking get into this. It's about a girl who gets a babysitting job uh, with this family who is clearly fucked up, and but they have a kid who they say has like extreme allergies, and he also doesn't communicate. And yeah. the girl, the girl getting the babysitting job, she, um, she's like studying children with severe allergies, like in college, supposedly. She's, yeah, she seems like a good fit here. <laughs> I guess. Uh, but she believes that some allergies are psychological and they could be treated with LSD. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, she's clearly attracted to the dad right away. So, like, again, this is in that erotic thriller genre. We're doing the, the babysitter and the dad this time, right? Um. I just think that the movie is look I, I ended up liking this movie but the movie is like severely unhinged and yeah everyone in the movie is severely fucked up like and I don't know that you needed to do it all no and that's so I, I am I did not end up liking this one yeah <laughs> uh yeah there is so much going on in this and everybody has issues like the mom, like the self harm and 
the oh yeah that's right i forgot about that yeah and it but it doesn't go anywhere that that like we get that piece of information we get a scene where she's cutting herself it doesn't yes. go anywhere there's no point to telling us that other than she's it's, messed up well yeah i think the movie itself goes somewhere but that specific part yeah. doesn't when there's but... a lot of pieces of like like that that don't go somewhere and it's really weird and a lot of the weird stuff with the family though is just just like clue you in that our like our main girl is like clearly like like the babysitter girl who's like micro dosing LSD throughout the whole movie. Like she's clearly fucked up, right? Yeah. Um, but they put these little things in to let you know that the 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 family's not completely normal either. Like, like, uh, like early on, like the dad is like, you know, you know that our kid is not really allergic, and he like, like he just needs like help that we can't give him, and and like I think the mom says something like she like alludes to something. She's like, I, you know, you, you know what he's capable of, like the kid, and you're just like, what? There's a scene in a car <laughs> where like they're heading somewhere, like this mom and dad are heading somewhere, and. They're like fighting, and and she's like, I think she's just like, let's just go back home, like fuck it. So so that they are they're fighting over the fact that she's cutting herself. So oh yeah, so there it goes. It led somewhere. It led to a blowjob in the but car. It, it's yeah, it led to a blowjob in the car where they almost kill the babysitter and their own kid <laughs> um, because he's not paying attention and swerving all over the road. And they, because and they like he's run never out. gotten roadhead before, I guess. <laughs> I, I think okay, yeah, like this is how chaotic this movie is. So like out of nowhere, it, it goes from like we're fighting to uh, she's like blowing him while they're you know giving him roadhead. Meanwhile, the the girl babysitter who has been microdosing LSD the whole movie decides to give the kid LSD, and they're tripping balls together and they like run out into the street and they almost get hit by the dad who's getting a blowjob from the mom in the car. Yeah. This is what we're dealing with here. It's just. Crazy Paul, in every direction. Paul, <laughs> at, at every time, too many it's, things. It's crazy, and yeah, it's, it's it's too many things. Exactly. It's in a way, though. Like I kind of appreciate the chaos of that, but like it becomes unwieldy at points. Like uh, so, there's a part where we get to see this main girl's life, and she's like a foster kid. She's so she's like living with this foster dad, and he's fucking nuts. And he cries on her lap, and he's like worried about her not liking him and wanting to leave. And it's very creepy and 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 off putting. And I'm like, why do we need this element on top of like we have a main movie happening already? That's like pretty crazy. Yeah, and like, so then uh, then we get the ad, like shortly after that, you get the ad like that she like we already know she's unhinged, but we get to see how unhinged she is. It's like so weird. Like it's like layer upon layer when i think if you had toned it down just a little bit like yeah may maybe you don't peel back the onion seven layers you only do two it tells a tighter story that's still crazy but not as crazy but it's more coherent <laughs> so when we get the scene the first scene with like a foster dad where he's like crying in her lap this is my note there's almost too many bizarre elements to this movie <laughs> <laughs> I I did not write down notes, but in my head, I'm like, there are too many bizarre <laughs> in this movie. 
<laughs> Here's another note, because we, we already talked about this. The wife apparently cuts herself, and my note is, hey, why not? Everything, everything, <laughs> Everyone and everything in this movie is crazy on multiple levels, is my note. <laughs> That's uh, fair. That's fair. The kid is fucking cutting up bunnies and burying them in the yard. Um, I do like that, like... So, where we kind of, like, hone in on here, though, is, like, this girl, that this little babysitter girl who's on the LSD is, like, the only one that could get through this kid. And, you know, she's he, he seems to really be making progress. And every time that his actual mom, like, goes to be like, oh, honey, he, like, attacks his mom. Like, she thinks it's okay. And he, like, will try to bite the mom or something. Um, I do enjoy that. And, like... I think, you know, near the end of the movie is when it started, like, I'd say the last, like, tw- and this is a pretty short movie. This is 90, 90 minutes. N- 90 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say the last 20, 25 minutes, like, we go into super crazy mode, and, like, you, you, you kind of see where this is going. Oh, it's twist after twist after twist. But, yes, you see exactly where it's heading. And that's where I, I'm, like, I'm having fun. Like... I was again. I I, th- I agree with you completely. It's in my notes because I'm like, this is just like, why is like, why is everything? Why are like the, the family should be a little crazy, and obviously this main girl should be a little crazy. But like, why does everything have to be crazy? And, and what does the fucking LSD add? Nothing. Like, I don't understand. I'm a person that like likes LSD in movies, but like, I think it's really weirdly used here. Like, why? Yeah, they just don't, like to they add don't another really, thing. They don't really explain it. Like, she's evidently on LSD to deal with her trauma, um, which I don't know. Like, what they do call out, like, if you do too much, like, it doesn't work as a medicine, it works as a hallucinogen. Uh, and she is at that point where she's hallucinating. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, like, it's not really. Like, is the LSD making you better? Because it's not. You're not no, better. It's just, You're it's still fucked have, up. It's to have like another element of chaos. Like, hey, like it's just like, hey, why not? The mom's cut herself. The babysitter's doing LSD. You know, like it's just like just throwing everything at the wall. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's like, all right, we're gonna do the LSD thing. We're gonna do the the sexually abused foster kid thing. Uh, we're gonna do the. Uh, <laughs> That she thinks that her doctor is going to also sexually abuse her. We're going to have her fall in love with the dad. We're going to have the mom be crazy and kinky, but also absolutely crazy. Uh, (laughs) The kid is batshit bananas uh, because he is clearly unhinged, but he's not allergic to chocolate. He's not allergic to animals. He's not allergic to fucking anything. Uh, But the mom clearly thinks he is. Uh, he's on seven billion medications. Uh, there's there's a scene where she is microdosing all of his medications, and it's a lot. Uh, I don't know. The dad is just like, man, I just want to get laid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He seems the most normal. But and he's fucking the, the babysitter. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's when they start fucking. I'm having fun. There's like a wild scene where they fuck in the yard, like just 
Oh, and it does, that does, it. that may have like the funniest moment to me though is oh, uh, like he he it, the dad fucks the babysitter in the yard like and it's sloppy like it is not it's not like sexy looking at all, but then the mom and the kid are like coloring, and he has drawn a picture. Of his yes, dad fucking doggy style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's just a hysterical image. Like, I think he doesn't he draw like a bunch of pictures. Like he or she notices finally that there's like a bunch of pictures with this girl, the babysitter. Yes. Uh, I really liked when it finally went to like, you know, it, we're we're heading towards the end game here, and and the babysitter, she's like, uh, she tells the kid, you know, like here's this fucking. I think she gives him like a fucking box cutter or something, or no, she gives him like gives a, him a knife. The, like a pocket the knife, knife. Yeah, the knife used to like cut the the bunny up. Yeah, she gives him the pocket knife. And she's like, you know, next time you're alone with your mom, like use it on her, and and I could be your true mommy. And I was like, ah, I, like all right, I like you know, it's going kind of in the obvious like erotic thriller direction, but like I liked that because she, she would be using the kid, like this mute kid, like, t- like coercing him into doing it for her. I liked that. Um. But then there's also like crazy shit. Like the the babysitter girl goes home and she pretends like she wants to blow her foster father, and then like takes off his belt and strangles him with it. It's, again, it's just like, dude, where are we going with all? This? Yeah, and and then then like like not long after that, you find out that she is a serial killer and has killed like all these foster parents as different people. Um, she has a book full of like their hair. Yeah, I totally forgot about. Uh, so she's she's fucking completely unhinged and a murderer, uh, and then she's like trying to get the dad to like leave her his wife for her, and that they can have like a a new family together. Her Johnny and and uh, and Jacob they could all be together. He just decides I'm gonna fuck you in my workshop like. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, I thought this scene was kind of hot because she's like, you know, if you want to, like, she's kind of like being like, would you want to do this all the time? Like, as he's fucking her, like, yeah, uh, the mom's not having it, though, and she comes out and fucking stabs the shit out of her, um, and and she, like, kind of runs away towards the house, and I think she's, she's trying to go get the, the boy to, like, hey, well, your mom, like, yes, yes, she, M- Millicent runs towards the house. Well, she's just running away, I think, at that point. And that's but when Johnny comes out of the, the boy house. is waiting for her, and he's gonna use the the knife like that she gave him on. Like, right? Does, does he use the pocket knife? Yeah, and, and, and well, yeah. and we're like, oh, like he has come out to protect who he is viewing as his mom. I because, saw it coming, man. I saw it coming. Oh yes, at this point, immediately, yeah. Like he just like because he gets a smirk on his face, and it's like, yeah, he's gonna murder her. It's like, yeah, oh, okay, that was a twist, but then and... it goes like a step further after that. Well, they hinted at it through the whole movie because, like, yes, there is early on they like mentioned like another like, oh, I don't think she'll be like the last babysitter. You know what I mean? And, like, and we'll we'll need we'll need to buy, uh, you know, we they've they've just expanded. She'll need to write another book, and that's why they she had to write this book was you know that's why she was away because she had to write the book to so they could pay for for Johnny's needs. And by needs, they mean they need to buy a fucking orchard because he's killed like eight babysitters and they just keep burying them in their backyard. 
What was what, what was that Stephen King story? Uh, uh, Johnny Depp starred in the movie where it was like the, oh. burying people in the garden. Yeah, I can't think of the secret garden, maybe yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, might be it. Like, yeah, it's like that, but like fucking absolutely unhinged bonker bill. Like, see, like again, it was like the last twenty minutes. Like again, I thought the thing was really uh, chaotic and unwieldy, and it is like throughout. But the last twenty minutes, like I dug, even though I kind of saw it coming. Like I was like, oh, this family's done this before, and it, it does kind of go there. I was just like, this is kind of fun. Yeah, and then so like they bury her in the yard, and I, I forgot which one of them says it. But like, if Johnny keeps us up, we're gonna run out of room. Yeah, I'm gonna have to buy. I'm gonna have to buy the lot behind us we, and write another book. It's like, but that oh, isn't the, quite the final scene because there is a final scene that I also really liked, where uh, it's the mom and the boy, and the mom is like, you know, who's your mommy, Johnny? Who's your mommy? And she leans down to kiss him, and he bites her like he always does. But they both smile, like you know, he's got like blood run down his, his lips. Lip, yeah. They both smile about it though, and she's like, "That's my boy." And I'm like, "Oh, this is the thing that they both get off on too." Yeah, they I don't know. Lure, they lure babysitters in and and murder them. Like this is a whole she thing. Also, but she also likes that he bites her. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they're they're into it. Like yeah, she likes like the a pain. Thing. This is the whole thing. <laughs> like. It look, man, it's so twisted. I I know it's like uh, I can see where you're coming from, and like I'm kind of with you for most of the movie. It's just a bit it's, too much for yeah. me. And it's not like th- this. This movie is not on a level of craft of the Voyeurs. This is a straight to Shutter, like a Shutter original, and you can kind of feel that. Yes. Um, but the case I'm making is is like for a Shutter original, you could do far far worse. That's true. And I was I've like, some bad ones. <laughs> yeah. And I was like entertained. And like, you know, again, like the last 15, 20 minutes, I was having like a lot of fun with it. But uh, that's that's the that's the end of Spoonful of Sugar. It's on Shutter. I'm saying check it out. Chris, uh, your no. final thoughts. And, yeah, and I, I, I did not. I did not like it. Um, I could see where you're like, yeah, like it's. It, it's entertaining. I do think like that last 20 minutes is kind of fun. I just wish the first 70 minutes was, <laughs> was a little more coherent in leading. Like it does. It ha- it lays all that groundwork. As you said, it's just so batshit bananas that it's like, I don't know if I care about any of that up until this point. I certainly don't care about any of these characters at the end. Um, Cause I don't really care about any of them. And that's what I think yeah. the voyeurs does really well. Yes, I cared about Pippa and Thomas and their relationship. I don't care about anybody in this film because they're all fucked up. Uh, well, it, it, yeah, the Boyers, you're like gripped by the story. You're like, yes, you're like invested. All right, and I'm it's not sure the story st- is the investment point here. It's probably no. is the batshit banana shit that you're like, yes, yes I'm into this. Yes. I just wasn't. I just wasn't into that part of it. So like. I could see where I could see both sides of this where it's like, I, it doesn't work for me, but it could work for, for others. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, I don't think this is good. And I don't think like, I'm not invested in what's going on. I'm just like in awe of how fucking nuts it is. So it's like you, you took every fucking traumatic thing you could think of yes. <laughs> into one film and it's like, 
I made something <laughs> nice, right, guys? Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, five out of ten. Like, I mean, okay. there, there, there's some value in it. I think there, there, there are some fun scenes. It's just, it's, it's a little too wacky for me. I think, yeah, I think we're closer than it might sound, but like. Again, I, I I forgive a lot because I I did enjoy like the last like fifteen twenty minutes of this, and like I do think like some of the ways that they set up the the family being nuts was clever. Like the blowjobs in the car, I did kind of think it was like like the turn was just so weird. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I just kind of like again, like I I thought the final scene was really neat the way like oh she likes that he bites her, you know. And then you have the cool end credits where you get to see like all the buried. Um, yeah, that would that that I did like that. That was a neat touch. Yeah. Um, I, again, like I think this is like kind of garbage. Like it feels straight to video, unlike the Voyeurs, which is also like actually is straight to video, but like does not feel that way. That, that feels like a not that this isn't a real movie, but like yeah, no, that feels like a movie you would go see in in a theater, like we we said, which unfortunately didn't get versus yeah. this, which Shutter makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but where I'm landing is like I've watched way worse on Shutter, and I, I you know again ultimately I was like entertained by parts of this, and as you know. I think it gives you some of that like erotic thriller tiltation near the end and the craziness and it kind of goes more where your typical erotic thriller goes at the end, which is fucking people running around with knives. So, I don't know. Again, it's kind of garbage. It's like definitely garbage. Like, The Voyeurs is high trash. This is garbage, but like I was entertained and so like I'd go six. Like I'd say, I'd say like if you got Shudder, like it's worth checking out. Like especially if you're into the genre. I just think it's it's a little like off-putting at first, especially with all the LSD stuff. And, and that, again, I say that as someone that like appreciates LSD stuff, but like it just I didn't like it here. Again, like the LSD well, it's, stuff it's just doesn't thing. make sense. Like it doesn't like it doesn't said, add anything. It's just a throwing a bunch of shit into a. It's like you said, you're stacking. Like yeah, it, it, the LSD is just stacking one more thing. But uh, I ultimately had an okay time with it. No. Um, you know, we we agree here on these movies, and I knew we were going to agree, so I did not. Uh, <laughs> like once, I did not know we were going to agree when I picked them, but once I watched Spoonful of Sugar, I knew the game was over, so I didn't even do a. a you were like, "This is not going to work for Chris." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know where I didn't know where you would land on either of these movies. Like, I didn't know f- for sure if you'd like the Voyeurs, but I was like, "There's no way he's going to say Spoonful of Sugar is better than the Voyeurs." Like, I just knew. Just from a craft, a craftsman, yeah, trip, like yeah. that's a better made movie. Yes, you're 100. <laughs> uh, what are we doing next month, Chris? All right, so I was gonna uh, absolutely torture you. Uh, I am doing 31 days of shark movies. Oh, did you again. do this? Oh, <laughs> I, I did this. Uh, I did this a couple years ago. Uh, where um, I watched in August, I watched 31 shark movies. I'm doing that again this year. I don't really know why I've just there's more shark movies that are out and uh and i was originally going to subject you to two that i had found through uh this movie shark exploitation also on shutter uh, it's a shark documentary film yeah, about shark I, movies 
I've been meaning to watch that. Um, but I I kind of decided there's there's two other films that I'm kind of interested in. One which you have uh, suggested I watch. That is a movie yeah. called Grizzly. All right. Uh, which is basically Jaws, but a bear. And yeah. another is uh, it is it is a uh, a Jaws like movie, but it's a film called Orca from okay. 1977 uh came out from paramount so um that may even be the same company that put out jaws uh but it's it's another it's like a jaws like film mm-hmm. uh, but both of these are so they're kind of like they're shark adjacent they are they're related to jaws oh yeah uh, they're they're not trashy shark movies so these are two jaws knockoffs these are yeah. like straight both of them are straight ripoffs of jaws so like, um, you know, I have not seen Grizzly. I know you have. Uh, well, yeah, uh, it's a fun episode of Joe Bob. But the thing is, like, uh, Joe Bob, I don't always watch it the closest. You know, I'm kind of like, you're, you're looking at Twitter, you're looking at what people yeah. are saying. So it's like, it, it'll be a interesting rewatch for me in a way. So um, uh, Grizzly is on Shudder. Um, uh, you know, you could probably watch it. Uh, you could probably watch that Joe Bob episode if you wanted. Yeah. Um, and Orca is, um, it is available on Paramount Plus if you have that. If not, it is available on, uh, Bubbo, Ubo, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what this service is, but that's free. Like, that's a free okay. service. Bubo TV, uh, which is, I guess, like, uh, probably like, um, uh, like Tubi or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's out there though. It's 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 available, or you could probably all get over, it for yeah. like three dollar rental or something somewhere. So I'm gonna buy that shit. Okay. Um, and you can watch it. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. Oh, it's on Hulu. You can watch it on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, it's uh, it's out there. So. Um, and yeah, if you, if you you're interested, I would recommend the. Joe Bob episode of Grizzly, he always gives like good info um, about the movie and how it relates. He he really goes into how it relates to Jaws and stuff. So yeah, uh, I might 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 uh might add that into the mix and and watch that. Get that. I I do like that insight on like how they ripped off Jaws and yeah the movie history behind it. That's yeah why I'm interested in these films. He does, and you know he does that for any film he shows. He's he goes deep. most time he goes deep into the history on it and yeah so uh yeah it's uh i think you're gonna have fun i have not seen orca but i think we're gonna have a good time with these i mean the cast of orca for like i mean richard harris is in it uh uh bo derrick like there's some names in this film that uh robert carradine who's related i believe he's uh related to david carradine and you've never seen Orca either, huh? I've not. Um, How have neither of us seen Orca? I don't know. Like it's just Crazy. something that never came up. Like it's and and it came up a couple times in shark exploitation. Grizzly did not, but uh, they were mostly sticking to you know ocean. Straight, type straight movies. To, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Orca's not a shark either, but close enough. Yeah, and, and like, but the thing is, like, they're both like. Straight, you know, this we gotta call our Jaws ripoff episode because they're both straight yeah. fucking ripoffs. Like, again, Grizzly is not a ocean creature, but it's like beat for beat, uh, 
Jaws. So this will be fun. <laughs> I honestly thought this is like, you're like, I'm going to spear you. I'm like, I thought this is where we were going the whole time. I thought maybe you would do Cruel Jaws. And, and... I, that that was, I had that and um, another, there, there's a what they call Mexican Jaws. Uh, okay. ter- Terrera or something that's only oh, available yeah, yeah. on YouTube. Uh, like it's not available to stream anywhere except somebody has uploaded it to YouTube. So that those were the two I was going to go with. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Just been saying Grizzly. That seems fun. And Orca's one that is like kind of like the proto Jaws ripoff, but not like Cruel Jaws is. Like it uses Jaws footage in it. <laughs> like these are two original movies that yes. rip on that formula. Hey, Grizzly was actually like a hit. And um, I think I remember Joe Bob saying it was like one of the top grossing or the top grossing film of the year came out or something crazy like that. Um, that and Orca also fairly successful. Like, yeah. For, both kind of forgot the time. Like, not really. Like, if you know the genre, people know what Orca is, but like, yeah. It's not remembered like Joss, you know. Uh, so yeah, this, I don't know. This will be fun. I, I'm I'm excited for this one. Just honestly, from the historical part of it, like, hey, people are like, how do we get that Joss money? Yeah, exactly. Like, and and I I really love Jaws, and uh, I'm yeah. sure we we will we will revisit Jaws at some point, probably next year, because it's going to be 50 years old. But um, <laughs> this year we're doing Grizzly and Orca. Sounds fun. Does not sound like torture. Sounds like fun. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I owe you something after that. Oh, yeah. episode, so. <laughs> so yeah, join us. I guess next month. 